so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. You may be seated. We are so glad to have you with us uh, this uh, Lord's Day. Uh, those who are guests, and you are certainly a guest here, uh, if you don't mind, you found that card inside your uh, visitor's packet, uh, please pass that card to the inside aisle, and they be picked up at this time. Today we start something new, a new sermon series. It's a sermon series about the first letter that John wrote. We call it the book of 1 John. And I'm calling this sermon series, Walking in the Light. Now, let me tell you right now, uh, Drew and the kids did not pose for this picture, okay? I found this picture online. Uh, But it kind of reminds me of them, doesn't it, to you? It does to me. Why are we doing this sermon series? As you all know, I'm a person of rhyme and reason. I don't do things just by accident. There's a reason for it. There's a rhyme to it. Uh, For example, our two uh, most recent sermon series, the book of Joshua, which we just finished, uh, that was a sermon series because our young people are studying the book of Joshua for lads the leaders. The book of Revelation... Uh, that's because several asked for that series. So I went ahead and, you know, have tried to muddle my way through the book of Revelation. But why this particular sermon series? It's because of me. I want to capture. I want to capture the passion, the zeal, the enthusiasm that the early Christians, especially the apostles, had for our Lord. And in turn, I want you to be able to capture, to to have that enthusiasm, that zeal, that passion. I want us to be more like those folks back then. Oh yes, we have the the steps, you know, we have the worship, we have those things right. But do we have that passion that they had back in the first century? Do we have that drive that they had that no matter what opposition, they were going to take Christianity to the world? Sometimes I wonder if we have that depth of passion. At least I wonder about myself, maybe you too. Sometimes I wonder about my enthusiasm, my zeal. It's my hope that through this sermon series, Walking in the Light, that we'll truly walk in the light. Because I want us to experience Jesus like they did about 2,000 years ago. And one of the first steps in doing that is to experience Jesus by sharing Him with family and friends. The story is told about a a little boy on a stormy summer night. He was in his bedroom. His mom was trying to get him to sleep, and he was really scared. He said, Mama, just this one night, would you stay with me? Would you sleep with me tonight? 
the mother looked down at her son with, with love in her heart and said, Honey, honey, I just can't. I've got to sleep with Daddy in, in our bedroom. There was silence. Finally, he broke the silence with a little tear in his voice and a cracky voice. He said, I, I believe Daddy's just a big old sissy. You know, we're like that little boy. Ever since childhood, we've all longed for somebody close. Especially in the storms of life. When that doctor says cancer. When there's family problems, marital discord. When there's trouble at work and you're fearful for your job. When there's health issues. When the storms of life hit, we want someone close to us. We want to be connected. We want to know we belong. The problem is a lot of people go looking for it in all the wrong places. Yeah, all the wrong places. You may recognize this picture here. This is Monty Roberts. He's known as the horse whisperer. The guy that can take a, 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 a bronco and just turn him into a, a nice horse just in a matter of a few hours. He was interviewed by 60 Minutes. And during that interview, they asked him, what's your secret? He said, well, I get the horse in a corral by himself. And I enter the corral. But I never look at the horse. In fact, I stay at a distance from the horse. I never look up. He, he never sees me looking at him. And whatever he does, I just keep on backing away from him, backing away. And then eventually, the horse will come to him. Why? Here's what Mr. Roberts said. The animals need to be with others so much, they would rather befriend the enemy than to be left alone. People today will befriend even the enemy of their souls rather than be left alone. They will do things in the search for an intimate relationship that are only self-destructive in the end. They will look for meaning in the bars, in the nightclubs. They will look for it in internet pornography. They'll look for it in bad relationships. And they miss the one relationship that really counts. There is a better way to find closeness. There's a better way to find the companionship that we're all longing for. There's a better way to find the fellowship and the joy. Circle that word fellowship. Circle that word joy. That we all so desperately need. Turn with me to 1 John. Chapter 1, that which was from the beginning, which we, we, those apostles, we have heard, we heard it, which we have seen, we saw it with our eyes, which we have looked upon, we observed, and our hands, we even handled, we touched him, our hands have handled, what? 
concerning the word of life. Circle that phrase, word of life. I'll come back to that in just a moment. The life was manifested. It was made known. It was made apparent. Everybody knew of it. He did not hide in a corner. He was not concealed. The life was manifested, and we have seen. And we bear witness, witness, and declare. Circle that word declare. I'll come back to that. And declare to you that eternal life. Don't you want eternal life? Don't you want to live forever with God? Declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, it was manifested to us. He was with God, the Father. He was down here on earth. That which we have seen. Have you noticed that John is, is trying to emphasize this? We saw it, which we have seen, and we heard. Once again, we've heard it. We declare. Once again, that word declare. Circle that. I'm going to come back to that. To you, that you also may have fellowship. John did not want to just keep this to himself. He wanted other people to have that closeness, to experience Jesus. The way he experienced Jesus, we may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Don't miss verse 4. And these things... John, why are you writing? What's your purpose? You know, John is one that liked to tell you the purpose. Now sometimes, like in the gospel, he didn't get to the purpose until the very end of the book. But he will eventually tell you the purpose of his book. Here's his purpose. These things we write to you that your joy may be full. You want to have joy? You want to have the passion that John had? Why did I choose John? Out of all the apostles, why did I choose John? He was the one that had that real close relationship with Jesus. The disciple whom Jesus loved. Probably the youngest of all, that's true. But he had a really close connection to the Lord. He was the one that was up close to Jesus at the trial. At the cross, if we want to have that passion, that enthusiasm, that zeal, there's no better person to look at than John. Find fellowship and joy. How? Through the word of life. Find the delight of what? An intimate, close relationship. In a relationship with Jesus. Find the pleasure of companionship in Jesus Christ. That's true fellowship. That's where John, the one who penned these words, says that he and his friends found it. Think about the apostles. <laughs> they were rugged fishermen. They were used to the hard life of the sea, used to working out there in the open, so many of them. James and John were even called the sons of thunder. These were not sissies in any sense of the word. And yet these rugged fishermen, 
and others that were in the group found joy in their companionship with Jesus. You know, I even get the sense that you had a lot of fun together. I don't think the, the apostles walked around with Jesus with turned down lips, a sour look on their face. I, I think it was such a joy to be with Jesus every day. And they got to do it for about three years. Wasn't that something? Friends, we can have that same experience. We can. If we do what I'm going to be talking about here in this lesson. They experienced God Himself. God the Son in the flesh. They heard Him with their own ears. They saw Him with their own eyes. And they touched Him with their own hands. Why does John keep on repeating this? Because he wants to make sure you believe. They were not making this stuff up at all. They experienced Jesus as a real flesh and blood human being. He was 100% divine. He was 100% human. So question, why did they grow as they did in the first century? We see 3,000, about 3,000. Then we see about 5,000. Then what? It's multiplying. Think about this. In all the years of the Pharisees, they only probably had about 6,000 total converts. In all those years of having the Pharisees. We think the Pharisees started sometime after the return from Babylonian captivity. In the matter of a very short time, Christianity had outstripped even the number of Pharisees. Why did they grow? Because Jesus was real to them. I have to ask myself sometimes, Michael, is Jesus real to you? Yeah, I, I know about Jesus, but is He really real to you? Today, people say the historical Jesus is not all that important. Today, they say it's not all that important whether He did all those miracles. Today, they say it's not all that important whether He really died and rose again. They say it's not all that important, really, whether He existed or not. They say what's important are the ideas that He represents. There's a Greek country word for that. That word is hogwash. They're totally wrong. It is important. Jesus was real. That's the reason why John keeps on saying, we saw Him, we heard Him, we touched Him. We handled Him. He was real to Jesus. Is He real to me? Is He real to you? You know, this idea that Jesus is not real, nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus is more than just a nice idea. He is God in the flesh. He's a real person who makes a real difference in the lives of those who encounter Him. John and his friends experienced Jesus as a real flesh and blood human being. And they also experienced Jesus as the Word of life. Don't miss that back in verse number 1. He was the Word of life. He was God Himself. The Logos in the original, the Word. That's the title the Greeks gave to what they called the controlling reason 
of the universe. Well, Jesus is the true Word, God Himself. But He was more than just that. He was a Word of life, the living God Himself. Everywhere Jesus went, He brought life. Think about it. Do you know that Jesus, He broke up every funeral He ever attended? That's right. He was always raising the dead back to life. He raised a widow's son in Luke 7. He raised his best friend, Lazarus, in John 11. And he was raised himself from the dead at the end of all four Gospels. To be around Jesus was really and truly to be around the life. That's how John describes him here in verse 2. The life was made manifest. We saw it. Not hidden, not concealed, it was made manifest. John chapter 10, verse 10. I wish I could say this like G.P. Holt used to say it. I can't, okay? I don't have his voice. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Do you want that abundant life? This is Officer Isaac Hoppe. He was on duty outside the Pentagon on September the 11th, 2001, when the plane crashed into that building. Having just his normal police uniform on with no protective gear, he rushed inside the Pentagon. It was filled with smoke. You couldn't see anything. People were saying, hey, don't go in there. You know, it's too bad. He said, the only way people are going to get out is if we go in there and help them. There was five people that had got totally lost, totally, totally turned around because of all the smoke and, and all, and they had no idea which way to go. They heard the policeman's voice calling out, is there anyone there? They said, yes, we're here. He said, just listen to my voice. Listen to my words. Come into the direction of my voice. And he led those five people out of danger. Here's the reason why I tell that story. His words were literally words of life to those five people. In the same way that Jesus himself is the word of life for anyone who obeys him. In fact... He is the only way to life. He is the only way to eternal and abundant life, which begins the moment you trust and obey Him. So will you give up your life to gain the true life? John and his friends experienced that life. They experienced the real flesh and blood Jesus as the word of life. And they want you, John wants you, to experience Jesus in the same way. That's why John is writing these words here in 1 John. So that your joy may be found complete. He says in verse 3, fellowship. John wants us to have fellowship. Not just with John, but more importantly, with Jesus. That word fellowship means to share things in common. John wants you to share in his experience with the Lord. He says, what I've, what I've experienced, I want you to experience now. 
And friends, we can. We can have that closeness. Jesus will never walk away. All we have to do is walk to Him. He will not abandon us. He will not leave us. It's you and I that from time to time leave Him. He wants you to have that same experience He had with Jesus. John wants you to have that life-changing personal encounter with the living God of the universe who became a flesh and blood human being. The movie Jurassic Park, one of the characters was a paleontologist, Alan Grant. And I found it always interesting, that picture, you can't see it very well, I apologize. But in the movie, when Alan Grant finally for the very first time sees the dinosaurs at Jurassic Park, what does he do? He just falls down. He falls down in utter amazement and wonder. Here's a man, according to this character, a man that had spent his life digging around in artifacts, touching bones, talking about dinosaurs. But now, in the movie, he actually sees a dinosaur. It's sad to say that for many Christians... Their Christianity amounts to what? Just picking through the artifacts of faith that have survived from long ago and far away. They read about Jesus, that's true. They wear their crosses. They try to imagine what it must have been like to live in His day, but that's as far as it goes. It never grows past that point. Please don't do that to yourself. If you want to have real fellowship and joy, if you want the delight of closeness in the relationship with Christ, if you want the pleasure of companionship, then you must, this is our very first step. We're going to have more steps to follow in this book. This is our first step. I want you to experience Jesus personally. Experience Jesus personally. Make Him a personal experience. Don't just read about it, soak it in. Let it become the driving force in your life. By faith, hear and see and touch the God who is real. Don't just know about Him. Don't just memorize the facts. Get to know Him close and personal. Invite Him into your life and then spend time in His Word. Talk to Him in prayer. Not just here in this building, but on a daily basis, many times. Let Him become your closest friend and let Him change your life from the inside out. James 4 verse 8, draw near to God in what? He will draw near to you. Please, don't confuse religious activity with a real relationship with a real Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I see some people that will get involved in a lot of activities, think that's going to draw them closer to God, but it doesn't. Why? Because they have left out. They have left out Jesus in their daily life. Yes, they may be involved in this or that or in, in all... And that's good things, but they're not really living for Jesus 
that's my prayer. Every class I complete on the video classes, I say, it is my hope, it is my wish, it is my prayer that we all will live for Jesus 24-7. I want us to connect with Jesus. I want us to connect with Jesus. If we connect with Jesus, we will be more like they were in that first century. That's the kind of relationship that God wants to have with you. He doesn't want to have a distant relationship. He wants to have a close relationship with you. I have a lot of relatives, okay? Uh, my family took the passage, be fruitful and multiply to heart. So I've got a lot of relatives. Some of my relatives I'm close to. I, I, we talk on a, on a regular basis. There's some of my relatives that I, I might see them once a year, talk to them maybe once a year, and that's it. I'm not close to them. God wants to be close to you. He wants to have a real relationship with you. Notice what it says over here in John 15. Go back to the gospel according to John. A greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Are we doing the Lord's commandments? Are we really living for Jesus 24-7? You know, He wants to be our friend. Jesus wants to be your friend. Please don't ignore the friendship, the true friendship that He offers. Walk with Him 24-7. Live with Him 24-7. And then, the next step. We're going to have several steps here in the book of John. We're doing two today. First step was to experience Him personally. The next is don't keep them to yourself. If you want to increase the joy, once you've experienced Jesus, then share Him with others. That's the second step, is to share Him with others. When we are sharing Jesus with others, we are what? We are really experiencing Jesus and what He means to all of us. That's what John is doing here in 1 John. He's trying to share with us Jesus. And He wants you and I today to share Jesus with our family and our friends. You know what happens at the end. I always have these last two slides. Why? Because I want to remind all of us of God's simple plan of salvation. We may have someone here today who's not a Christian. This is what it takes to become a Christian. Believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Most of us here are Christians. Praise be to God. As a Christian, do you need to seek forgiveness? The church stands ready to pray for you and with you. Billy has selected a song to hopefully encourage you to make that decision today. Do you want that real relationship with Jesus? That 24-7 relationship? It can start today. Will you please come as we stand and sing for your encouragement. Bring Christ your broken life.
me take a moment of your time and encourage you to look on the inside 